0: We're going to get to the final week, week three of our New Year's uh, sermon series entitled Reset, God's Goals for Our Souls. Uh, I want you to actually think back a few weeks to your goals. As we talk about goal number three today for our souls from God, I want you to think about the goals that maybe you set, you considered the resolutions that you made for this new year, For 2024. And I don't want to ask you to consider how well you're doing. I I don't need you to let me know by a show of hands how many of you are headed still in the right direction or how many have already uh, not followed through and have set them aside. What I, I want you to think about is back to whatever goals you may have set, resolutions you may have made, and the why behind them. Like what was it that was the motivation for setting that goal? My guess is your goals, your resolutions, uh, perhaps uh, could be summed up, the motivation behind them, by answering the question, who, why, or what? Like some of your goals, some of your resolutions were driven by a who. Your spouse, your kids, someone in your life that, that you wanted to do something to maybe better yourself or bless them. There was a who behind the motivation of the resolution, the goal. Maybe there was a, a why, like maybe the, the why is the doctor who told you, you you need to cut down on the salt intake, you need to uh, do something about that blood pressure. There is a why, which is your health, and the doctor's encouragement caused you to set that goal. Maybe there was a what behind your resolution as well. Like if you're like me, you have something going on this year, maybe it's a vacation in a few weeks for spring break, maybe it's a family event, and and that goal of losing 15 pounds was set because of that what? That's off in the future, you want to look your best. Like what was the motivation that drove the the goal? Maybe another way to categorize our goals are into one of two areas, There. There are some whose goals and resolutions were about something they want to change, something they want to be different, something about their life that maybe they they don't like. They they see a need for improvement, uh, a need to be different, and so the goal is aimed at change. And then there are other people's goals who aren't about changing something we dislike or or, or see a need to improve on. And, and others whose goal is about something they're good at, something they, they really enjoy, something that uh, is a part of their gifting and they want to take it to the next level. Like you see the difference between the two? When we want to change things and we want to be different because there's something we dislike or, or see about ourselves that, that isn't so good versus wanting to take something next level that is good and is a part of who we are. And I think if we're honest... I mean, I know it would be true of me. Most of the time, I fall into the, the category of the first and not the second. Like the why and the what and the who are, are all things that are about making changes in areas of things that I, I don't much necessarily like about myself. I, I think should be different. I want to be changed. As opposed to the things that I'm good at and the, the things I want to build on and the things that I, uh, I see my hardwiring who I am and taking them next level. And I get it. Why does that happen? Like, like there's something about what we see in ourselves and when we look at others and we look at the world that we desire to oftentimes be something that we're not because we think that might be better. I mean, just think about the, the different areas where you are gifted in the strengths that you have when you think of resolutions. Like time over time, you've, you've heard Pastor Tim in all his honesty, I, I am not a handy person. And it'd be really easy for me in my life to look and say, my life would be so much better. My wife would be far more blessed. Even around here at church, if I was handy, could fix anything. I wish I had the skills of the Joels of the world, and I don't. And then what about strengths? Like if you've ever done the Strength Finder test, you have your top five. There are some of mine that, that I really like, and there are others of them that I'm like, eh, they're nice, but... At times, I look at the gifts of others and and I would have to be honest and acknowledge, like, I really would like to change that about me. Like, I'd really like to be a little bit more like Pastor Bill when it comes to positivity. Like, I'm sick and tired of every year at least somebody in my family buys something that has the Grinch on it. Like, am I not that positive? Like, should I work on that? Should I be better at that? And... I think about that, and, and sometimes I, I might miss out on the things that I'm good at by trying to, to change and be like that. With that in mind, I hope that you can kind of see the need for today's topic, week three of Reset. Because you know what happens when we get consumed by what we're not, when we get driven by uh, seeing other people's gifts or talents and, and desiring them, thinking ours aren't so good? Like... The great question of who I am, the struggle that we have for where do I fit in, what's my value, what's my purpose, is is greatly impacted. Because here's the truth I think that lays out the reason why this reset is something each and every one of us perhaps needs to consider. All those things I talked about before, we often want to be what we lack. Like we often want to be what we're not. We look at what other people are, the gifts that they have, see the impact that they have and, and wish that we had them, wish that was us. We then sometimes look in the mirror and look at what, what we are, the gifts that we have. And spiritually, if we get this wrong, spiritually, if we maybe don't consider this reset, understand the implications. Like it can be overwhelming if we're consumed by what we lack and what we're not. It can be frustrating if we don't think we have a place, if we don't have of value if we don't fit in. Like the spiritual implications of what it might lead us to do, being jealous of someone else, coveting what, what they are and what, what we wish we were, what the devil can do with it when he can cause us to, to look at other gifts and certain people's gifts and say, they obviously have a place, they obviously fit in, they obviously bless, but but I don't. Who I am, what I bring to the table really seems of no value because I'm lacking. And I don't know what area of that conversation you might struggle with, but the odds are pretty good that we didn't consider in our goals this year the, the reality of maybe wanting to opt for what am I good at, who am I, and how do I build on it versus what do I need to change because it's not so good. Or it's missing. And so today, as we dig into God's word, I pray that that you might see the truths God wants you to know for week three of Reset and answering that great question of who am I? How do I fit in? What's my role? God's goal for your soul and figuring out your place. And to really get this right, to maybe better understand the need for a reset or how a reset even begins, this reset, perhaps different than the other ones, begins with a mindset reset. Because our mindset is oftentimes the thing that is off in this area. And the mindset reset that we need, I believe, begins with this truth. Because we so wrestle with it when we try and answer that great question, who am I? How do I fit in? What's my purpose? Is there value in anything that I bring to the table? when it comes to who you are, answering that question, the Bible's going to answer it for you. We are exactly who God wants us to be. And we are exactly where God wants us to be. Like when people question their value, their purpose, do they fit in, they don't see their place, the Bible is very clear on we are exactly who God wants us to be. Like God did not make a mistake. God didn't gift you all the same way. As much as I want to be Jonathan Favorite some days and stand up front in church and sing and play a guitar, God did not give me that gift and ability. And as much as I want to be Pastor Bill or have some of Pastor Jim, I don't have all those same strengths. But I am who exactly God wants me to be and where God wants me to be. Here's where the Bible tells us these truths very clearly. The first one is in Psalm 139, who you are physically, how God designed you, the gifts, the strengths, the hardwiring that you have. God did all of this. You, are, you, God, created me, King David said, my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb as you were being formed inside of your mother from the moment you were conceived to the time you were born. God was at work knitting and forming you. And King David said, as a result, I praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, in his wisdom, made me this way. I am in awe of it, King David said. And you made me fearfully and wonderfully. Like, I know at times it's hard for you to believe it. And yes, sin has undermined, you know, our life and sometimes our actions and the use of our gifts. But who you are, the gifts that you have, the strengths that are yours, you are uniquely made by God. God. Like experts would tell you, the research says, if you need any further proof, look at these five fingers that you have. The things that you can't even see, they're so microscopic. The things that the government will take if you want to apply for like a pre-TSA or a global entry, like to get all of your fingerprints. You know how unique those are? Well, here's how unique they are. It said that based on a study... Two-like fingerprints would be found only once every 1,048 years. Literally, that's one trillion times four. Which, if you do all the numbers and the zeros after, it, it's like one with 42 zeros behind it. Like, that's how unique, fearfully and wonderfully made you are by God. When it comes to strengths, we talk a lot, of a lot here at 922 Ministries, it's one of many different personality tests. You can get your top five. And it's pretty uncommon to have the same top five in the same order as anybody you would ever meet. You can get some in common. My wife and I have a few, but my wife and I have some exactly the opposites. It's almost next to impossible to get the same top ten in order. And when it comes to your all 34, which you can find them all and you can print them all up in order, it's the same number basically as the way in which your unique fingerprint is. It's about that drastic with that many zeros about how unique your hardwiring is from number one to number 34. Like, God made you fearfully and wonderfully. You are unique in the physical gifts and talents and abilities that you have. The you that you are is designed by the amazing God of heaven, who you are, is exactly who God wants you to be. And where you are is exactly where God wants you to be. In the book of Acts, as Paul's speaking uh, to the the people who are in the city of Athens as he's trying to point them to the true God, he says about that God, he made every nation of mankind to live over the entire face of the earth. God made all mankind fearfully, wonderfully made. And he determined, he determined the appointed times and the boundaries where where they would live, where you and I are right now, God. Like when you question your value, when you question your place, when you question, do I fit in? God would tell you who you are physically, fearfully, and wonderfully made is so unique. Where you are at is right where God wants you to be in the city that you live right now, in the job that you have right now, in the church family that you are part of right now. God is a part of that. He knows it. Which then spills over to, into our spiritual lives as well about the who we are and where he placed us. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, words uh, in that chapter we talked about before. There are different kinds of gifts, like who you are, your strengths, your spiritual gifts, your physical gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There's one God and, and he disperses them out there are different kinds of service there are whole lots of ways you can put your talents to work and whole lots of areas that the uh, the body of Christ is blessed that we can serve in our in our life with our gifts, but the same Lord there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work all these are the work of the one and the same spirit and he distributes them he passes them out he distributes them to each one to you and to you and to you and to to you and to me. Just as he determines. Like I know there is something inside of you at different times that says, I would really like to determine my gifts. (laughs) Like it would be awesome if I had that strength. But you know how messed up that would be? Like, if everyone had woo as their number one, but no one wanted to go deep in relationships like the relators, like, we would all be surface level and no one would get to know anybody. Like, that's pretty shallow. But a woo person gets to meet people, can connect people, can get to understand people. Like, we need those people. But the Holy Spirit determines if you're one of those people. And Pastor Tim, you might want some more positivity. Just thank the good Lord that you're in the body of Christ. And Pastor Bill brings it to the table. Like, God determines it. It's it's he who plans where we are and he has determined who we are. And that truth is so vital and important for this reset. Like, maybe that's just the reset you need. If you struggle with and wrestle with your place, your purpose, go back to God. (laughs) God. The God of grace who loved you from eternity. The God of grace who, when you were being formed inside of your mother, stepped in and and knit you together. Uh, The God of grace who, who brought you into his church family and by the power of the Holy Spirit has blessed you with spiritual gifts that are unique to you with a purpose for you to bless all of you. And with that in mind, maybe we can understand and get the answer to the question and see what we might need to do uh, in regards to, to resetting because it's so significant to get this question answered right. Here's why. The Apostle Paul, I mentioned 1 Corinthians 12, a great chapter on this, uh, uses a visual aid, uh, the easy thing that everyone can understand about the body. Just as a body, though, one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So physically speaking, have this example of, of the body. That's where the Apostle Paul's going. And he wants you to, to understand... And so it is the same as a part of being the body of Christ. Physical body, body of Christ. Here's the visual. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. We entered into this body. We got connected to this body, made a part of this body by God's doing, by his choosing. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the hand. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would be not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all part, one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body. But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. There's this point. And each one of you is a part of it. Like Paul goes on this long dialogue about the body, the eyes, the ears, the, the head, the hands. How they need each other, how some are are more visible and some are are not as much seen. Uh, The ones that that are not seen uh, are are just as important, just as needed. Uh, The ones that are seen versus the ones that that maybe aren't as noticed. The ones that aren't as noticed are worthy of of honor and praise. Like every part rejoices with it. Every part suffers when one part suffers. And you are the body of Christ. The spiritual truth that God wants you to understand Is the God who made you who you are, the God who's placed you where you're at, the God who has given you gifts that are yours uniquely, determined by Him, has connected you to the body of Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit. When you take all those together, when you want the answer to the question, like here's the truth you have a place. You have a place. Because you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Because God has given you uniquely gifts, spiritual ones and physical ones. You have a place. Because in the body, all the different parts are needed. The the head, the heart, the hands, the feet, the legs, the bones, the muscles, the tissue, like the intestines. And yes, even the appendix, even though I don't know what it does or what good purpose it serves. Like all those parts of the body God is placed in the body for a reason physically and the visual is true for you. You have a place. You have a gift. You have strengths. You have talents. And I know you might be wondering, but what are they? What what might they be? We're going to get there in just a second, but I I want you to see the significance of that truth that you have a place. Because look at what the Apostle Paul said in another conversation about spiritual gifts. For just as each of us... has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us, according to the grace of God, the God who came down to earth, the the Son who saved you and me from our sins, the grace that God has showered upon us. It's according to his grace that he's given us these gifts. We are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians just under we have different gifts. So if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Use it, Paul would say. If it's serving, use it, then serve. If it's teaching, use it to teach, if it's to encourage, give encouragement, if it's giving, then give generously, if it's to lead, do it diligently, if it's to show mercy, to be a person of compassion, to help people who are in need, like to to lend an ear to, to hear and to to support and help, then do it cheerfully. Like, I could break down all those categories into five or six different subcategories what serving looks like, what teaching looks like, what encouragement looks like, what giving generously might look like. And there are so many more we could add to the list. But but God says, each one of you has been given a gift. You belong to all the others. Not only do you have a place, but here's the truth about that place. When you question and wonder about your, your purpose, about your place do I fit in? Do I bring value? You have a place and your place has a purpose to bless others. Like your unique gifting is a blessing to the whole. Let's take, for example, later today, the Chiefs are playing the Bills. Like let's say we, before the game, Andy Reid gets in the locker room and says, guys, in the hat are all of your names. And I'm going to just pull them out after I, I say a position. And that's what you're going to do today. Hunter, Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Defensive back, Travis Kelsey. Like, and the kicker, I'm not even sure what his name is, but imagine if they sign him up to be an offensive lineman. Does that make much sense? Like, that dude has spent many years of his life working on kicking the ball through an upright Patrick Momos has worked hard every day in practice all year long working on the plays that they offer with gifts and talents to do things most quarterbacks that are that talented can't even do. But let's let somebody else do it. But all of them in the right place on their team can bless their team later today. The same is true with you. Like 922 Ministries does not need 3,600 Pastor Tims. Praise the Lord. Like, we would get a whole lot of stuff done here, but there would not be a whole lot of encouragement. I know some of you are like, you're an encourager. Sometimes. But Pastor Jim has empathy and encouragement. And Pastor Bill has positivity and he's an includer. He wants to get everyone in. And Pastor Michael's all about the details. And Pastor Mike is a learner and he absorbs so much. Like, all of us together. You do know that the God and Lord of the church gifted us differently and knows the appointed time for us here to be a part of this. But can I hear a lot of you say many times how thankful you are for that? If you appreciate that, can I convince you to appreciate the same thing is true of the other 300, 3,595 of you, like who have different gifts, who can encourage, who serve, who can give generously, who, who can teach, I mean... The list could go on and on and the needs are great in a big church. It takes hundreds of people to do Sunday morning. It takes so many people during the course of the week to to get stuff done that that so many of us can't do who are even working on the team. Like there are so many ways your place has a purpose. If it's encouraging, if it's serving, if it's musical, if it's intellectual, if it's in IT, if it's visiting, if it's, uh, you tell me. And I can probably find something on the list. If you're a baker or uh, someone who cooks, we have a place for you. Like, there are so many ways. And it has a purpose. Like, your gifts bless me. They bless our pastors. They bless our staff. Our gifts bless you. Like, your place has a purpose. When you wrestle with the great question, who am I? Celebrate the great truth. God has made you who you are, placed you where you're at with intentionality. Unique, fearfully, wonderfully made, as a part of the body, a place that has a purpose. And so I know the big question now is, what is that purpose? (laughs) Where is my place? Or maybe why is it so important? Well, here's the why. Like, from a spiritual perspective, you know how frustrated you are when you lack something, when it drives you nuts, when you work from your position of strengths, when you celebrate your place, when you're using your gifts, you know what the Holy Spirit will work on you and work in you and work as a result of you using those gifts? More joy when you see them at work. More peace when you celebrate your place. All those things are, are real and will happen as a result. God wants you to know those things, experience those things, when you work from a position of strengths, the experts say it takes less of your energy to get more stuff done. You feel empowered. And some of you might question, I- I'm not sure what my gifting is. I'm not sure how I fit in. Can I convince you of this? You know the person who usually doesn't understand or see what their gifts are or, or know them and, or sometimes struggle with wrestling where they fit in? You. <laughs> like the things that you're gifted in, the things that you're good at whether at work whether or at home or at church, like, you just do them naturally. You don't think about them twice. You don't think of them as special. They're just you. You take them for granted. So sometimes, maybe the best thing you can do to help figure out what's my role and what's my place is ask the people who who know you best, who see you at work, who understand your gifts and, and have been blessed by them. Like, they get you. They see you. They know you. They probably know if you're an encourager. They maybe appreciate that you're a doer. They, they might celebrate that, that you're a learner. They might appreciate that you are one who, who loves to show compassion and mercy and is empathetic. Like, they probably know it. Ask your spouse. Ask your closest friends. Ask, ask people that you trust who, who will be real with you. And you'll probably hear things and go, oh, that's why I like doing that. I never thought I was good at that. But maybe you don't. Like maybe just maybe you're wondering what your strengths are and how that might fit in at church. What part does that play in the body of Christ? What are ways it can carry out so here's some action steps. I, I would guess that one or, or, or both of these are action steps, reset steps, in light of the truth that God has fearfully and wonderfully made me. Who I am and where I am is, is God at work. The, the fact that God has given me a place and it has a purpose. I want to I reset in, in some way, shape, or fashion. And so maybe for some of you it's this. While some of you may not know it and others of you may, the action step for you is to discover. Discover what God made you to do. Like if you're not sure, maybe if you've never taken the finders test, I'm a little bit scared to offer this to hundreds of people, but we'll get you a code to Strength Finders if you've never done it. We'll let you take the test to, to find out your top five, to see maybe how that gives you some insight to, to your hardwiring and, and then consider what you want to do here at church because you can see in those gifts and strengths uh, how you do what you do and, and what might work best. Like we'll give that to you. Maybe you've taken it before or after you take it, you want to see the connection points. We have people on our team. Maria, who is our engagement uh, coordinator, has great insight on strengths, has spent a lot of time on strengths. She'll sit down with you, take a look at the list of all the areas of service we have here, and, and line them up with your strengths and try and help you find a place where you see your purpose being played out. Like, we want to help you. If we can help you discover it and do anything to do that, write strengths on your communication card today, send me an email, we'll get you connected. But discover what God made you to do. Because it's so empowering. It's it's designed by him with a purpose. Because he's given you a place. And once you discover it, maybe some of us this year, this new year, need our reset in this way. We need to do it. Like maybe over the course of the last year, we've gotten distracted and we're not doing. If God's given you a place and it has a purpose and it blesses others, we belong to others, and you're not doing, you're missing out, and they're missing out. Like, do it. (laughs) Like, what has God uniquely designed you to do? What gifts has he given you? What strengths are yours do what God designated me to do. He's placed you here in this time, connected you to this church family, maybe planted you in that life group. Like what role, what gifts in your home for your family, can you use those in an amazing way that you're not right now or you need to right now or you just need to reset on it, a fresh start with it because it's kind of slipped off off the, off the tracks. God wants your soul to be blessed as you celebrate your place, because it has a purpose, and He's designed you uniquely and placed you right here to use it. So do it. It's what the Apostle Peter said. Each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others. Like this is not about you. Remember all those resolutions that are about me? Use it to serve others. As faithful stewards, a steward is someone who's been entrusted with something that's not his own. We oftentimes think of stewardship as the use of our money resources. God's given you gifts and spiritual gifts and talents and abilities, physical ones, spiritual ones, and you're stewards of them. You're just using them right now while you're here on earth. You've been entrusted with them for a purpose. If anyone speaks, do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things, here's the purpose behind it, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. The the one who came down to earth, the one who shed his blood, gave up his body on the cross, as we use our gifts, when we do it with with the strength he provides, God will be praised. Like doing it and discovering it is an act of worship and praise to God celebrating who he is and all that he has done, which alone has made us a part of the body, to bless the other people that he has brought into the body. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Like this entire series, the goal has been to bless your soul. Like priorities. That the love of God inspires, motivates and moves us to prioritize love for God. I pray that you have been blessed so far this year in that when it comes to purpose, like God has given us the most amazing purpose and calling to go and make disciples, to share the message of Jesus Christ. And God has brought us into his body. God, fearfully and wonderfully made me with all the unique DNA and gifts and talents and strengths that I have. And he's given me a place, planted me right here. And it serves a purpose. So as you reset that place, celebrating the answer to the question, who I am, fearfully and wonderfully made, may God help you discover it if you haven't found it. And may God help all of us do it because it blesses others and it glorifies him. Let's pray for that. Heavenly Father, like we are all uniquely created and designed by you, fearfully and wonderfully made. We're all uniquely gifted, Lord, by you. Like you've given some of us the gift of hospitality. You've given others of us the gift of teaching. You've given others of us the gift of, of resources and finances. You've given some of us the gift of time so we can volunteer when others can't. For some, Lord, it's the gift of, of compassion and, and mercy and, and, and simply encouragement. Like all those gifts, Lord, are so needed in the body of Christ and so needed in the body of believers here at 922. So Lord, I pray for our church that we can help people see their unique place and purpose, that you might send your Holy Spirit to, to open their eyes to celebrate it, to not focus on what they lack, but to celebrate what they are and what you've done. Because when we do that, we bless each other. When we do that, Lord, we, we give you honor and praise and glory, which at the end of the day, Lord, that goal for our soul It is one that we can have in front of us each and every day. Because as we use our gifts and our strengths, as we carry out the purpose of of being your witnesses, as we prioritize loving you, we know that others will see our good deeds. they, They will see our lives. And as a result, Lord, we pray that more people will praise our Heavenly Father. Lord, for these things and the reset for all of our hearts, we call on you to bless it and send your Holy Spirit to do it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.